Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Today's episode is brought to you by the Lost Lake Creamery, located in Mound in the Harbor District. If you're on the bike, it's off the Dakota Trail. If you're in the boat, it's on the north end of Cooks Bay. Just look for the Lost Lake Channel. Plenty of parking provided by the city. If you're by car, 5575 Shoreline Drive. Stop in, 24 flavors of hard scooped ice cream, old-fashioned ice cream parlor. We're open for the season. Noon to 9 on the weekends, 2 to 9 during the week. Make sure to stop in and see us. Welcome back to the DK Project. Coming at you strong with a new guest zooming in, Andrea Such. I I was just reading and they had a, a little video and you were labeled as the uh, mafia matriarch. Is that uh, <laughs> is that what you're going with? How are you today? Uh, on occasion, yes. <laughs> I, I I where are we finding where are you located today? Uh, right now, I am in sunny Asbury Park, but nice. I am New York based, so I'm sitting by a lake. You see? Oh, sure. Pretty, pretty, pretty. So Very I'm nice. enjoying COVID life here in the Dacha. Yeah, how is that? Is it? Uh... Um, we've been very, very lucky with my other half. Um, we didn't get sick. We have this beautiful opportunity to stay here in the country house. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for a year now. And when, when I need to go back to New York, I do. But most of the things are, are remote. Now, so New I York's pretty well shut life. down still, isn't it? What's that? Has New York starting to open up at all? I would not know enough about it because I'm not there that often. It's not what it used to be before COVID, that's for sure. Yeah, Hopefully. Right. You know, I love that city, so I have all the confidence that it will bounce back very soon. When it gives you the opportunity to be at the country house, right? Yes. That's perfect. I uh, I was noticing on your IMDb that you've got uh, quite a list of things going on. I The one that we were referring to earlier was Claws on, uh, uh, that's a, a, a series, and you're playing a, a Russian mob? Yes, um, I was in season one and some of season two playing Riva, this awesome Russian mob boss lady who was strong and she knows what she wants and she's not afraid to get it. (laughs) I loved her. Tough, right? Uh, Tough, tough, tough. I loved her dearly. One of my favorite characters. And we were um, filming in New York, New Orleans. Okay. How cool is that, right? Yeah, how yeah, really. Is, and 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 is that shut down now or is that just off because of COVID? Uh they are airing their last and final season, which is season four. Okay. So please stay tuned. I think it's a June air date. Nice. And yeah, that was the end of this journey. It was just the loveliest, loveliest memories with the cast. It was that- such a great tribe. And we had such an amazing time together. Well, and it's such a, an interesting role in that you uh, you kind of get to uh, you know play the tough uh, tough uh, gal, and uh, I, you know I, I I haven't seen uh, much of the series, but I'm definitely going to check it out now that because I, I was kind of snooping around to see uh, a little bit more about what you've been working on, and and and, and now I'm kind of intrigued. But you were also you were also in the John Wick uh, uh, chapter three. Yes, that was awesome too. How Just was that? 
<laughs> God, it was kind of out of body when your chair is right next to Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> it's I was pinching myself. Amazing. Such such an amazingly giving person. Well, you know, we need it. We need some scoop on like that now. Is little he... me. It just just it was amazing to be in the same scene with him. It was amazing to have this scene with him. So I just am so fortunate and is to he, work with is the he folks as nice in real with. life as is because you don't see much about him he kind of doesn't come up very often anywhere um but i've heard he's a good dude i don't you know i had a best time very good experience so down to earth giving kind um amazingly generous as an actor as a partner as a human just chatting you know between takes just like such a mensch you know, a lovely they, person. Uh, is that is that done now, John Wick? Uh, I think they're gearing up for four. Yeah, it looks like they have a 2022 for number four. Uh, That's what you're I not heard. in that one? I don't know. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> TV Time gods? will tell, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I would be all, all for it. Well, maybe maybe after this, they'll know that you're uh, you're ready to go now that uh, now that you <laughs> put the word out there. Hey, explain to me a little. Now you're from Budapest, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And and now you were trained as a therapist. Um, he, I I am trained as a therapist. I am actually in private practice uh, in Manhattan. We have a private practice called the Relationship Suite mainly working with couples and individuals. So, you know, it goes back to the story that my dad was an academic and my mom is a pianist. Yeah. So I was growing up with this left brain, right brain thing as mother's milk. <laughs> I was performing from the age of six, but my dad kind of gave me an ultimatum that that's cool, but you have to get a quote, real diploma. So, so I graduated as a teacher. So I always did both. And then when I came here to the U.S., I went to AMDA, which is a performing art school. But I also went to Fordham, which is a social work school. And I'm teaching there. I'm a professor at Fordham. So back that. to the alma mater. And, you know, it's the same thing. It's like human behavior. You try to understand a character. You understand your client. You understand another human. So I really don't see it. Uh, much different at its core. And of course, you know, the objective is different, but I right. really, I think being a, a psychotherapist makes me a better actor and being an, uh, an actor makes me a better psychotherapist. So I really see it going hand in hand. Well, and that's, and that was going to be my question is, do you find that that helps you, you know, uh, get into character a little uh, easier because you're more into the mental aspect of it? Cause you're, you're talking about, you know, it's it's very rare for someone to be as accomplished as you are in acting and still have a career as a therapist. You know what I mean? Like that, that's yeah. You know, it's not I, so. So I'm 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 gauging that there's probably some crossover benefit to it by you know, um, like you said, it is just the human you know psyche that, uh, and when you're getting into character, you just need to uh, find the zone, I guess. That's yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, at the end of the day, both both uh, professions build on one notion, un unconditional positive regard, right? Right. If I judge my character, if I judge Riva, 
or if I judge anybody else. And with my accent, I usually play the villain, right? Or the spy <laughs> or the double agent or which is fun, right. but usually they not like you warm and fuzzy characters, you know, right, it's not right. the hero, it's the anti-hero, the villain. So if I don't find the humanity and the lovable and, and the lovely in those characters, it's going to be unwatchable. Yeah, well, and, it, and, that's a good point because it's uh, w- with that accent, you generally are going to be cast as the uh, the villain. <laughs> and it's fine. I love to be the villain. It's really fun. You know, it's love. My favorite acting coach, um, Tim Phillips, always says that if you know who she is, you don't have to act. Right. That and he's so right. And my other favorite uh, improv teacher, Dave, David Rozovsky, says that dare to be lovely. Dare to be lovely. Yeah, which I always, because, uh, you know, none of us want to be difficult. None of us want to be hated. So whatever humans do, we think this is the best thing to do right now. Right. And it's the same in therapy. Like, you know, we hear a lot of stories. If I start to judge that issue or judge this problem or have have an opinion about it, it's not going to be successful. So I think in both professions as an actor and as a therapist, um, listening to that story, to that character, to that client, to this other who is not me, because there are only two things in this world, me and not me, (laughs) right? I mean, there is nothing else at the end of the day, right? So if I can listen to the not me with unconditional positive regard, with no judgment, listening carefully, you home free, right? Right, right. Well, there you have it. Right. It, it, so, you're, now, the therapy portion of it, you're you're online listed as a drama therapist. What 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 does that mean? That's my secondary degree. The primary is a social worker, right? So, a drama therapist is a therapist who uses tools of drama and the theater in a the therapeutic content. So, oh. it goes back to role. Uh, how many roles do we play in life? It goes back to Robert Landy's role theory. It's embodied. Right. It's acted out. It's not just in the head, right? You can try out things. That That's another thing that uh, Tim Phillips says a lot. Uh, look who I get to be today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's um, and psychodrama, I'm also trained in psychodrama. It's kind of like psychotherapy in action. Wow. So how can you reframe an event um, in action, acting it out? Psychodrama, I know it's not a good name. It, it, it's kind of everybody like psychodrama, you know, yeah. so, but it's not like that. It's more like the drama of, you know, how, 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 how to put everything in action, how to put it more in the body, how to embody action. So I really enjoy doing those. Wow. And, uh, and modalities. How has that changed for you with the pandemic? Uh, Cause I would imagine in your uh, therapy sessions, you were generally had an office somewhere and they came in to meet with you, right? Yeah. We actually had two in Manhattan. And now you're and, um, all Zoom. So now we are on um, telehealth um, and uh, Zoom on dedicated Zoom accounts. Yeah. And it works better than I thought. Yeah. Okay, so that brings up a couple of questions. Now, I don't I don't uh currently have a therapist, but I I was I have some podcasts that I listen to where they they do online, you know, that they Zoom or however. Um and I was always wondering how they make that secure, but you can get a dedicated 
connection to where it mm -hmm. can't be hacked. Yeah. And then also there are a lot of like telehealth is, um, um, you know, save it a couple of couple of platforms who specialize in those. Yes. And I, you know, I, I'm teaching at university, so we have dedicated, you know, accounts too. And are you currently teaching at the university? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually more, yeah. very thankful that you were able to squeeze me in. How do you do all this? <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's the other advantage of Zoom, that there is no travel time, so yeah. there is no commute. Right. And Which those helps. couple of hours a day go a long way. Boy, I'd say, I, um, you know, I never thought of that. I have, uh, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot more Zoom than I ever did, you know, because I, I always used to have guests in studio. But um, now that the Zoom has made it available and everybody, you know, we're forced to learn the learn the, you know, the, how to use zoom and, and, you know, Skype and those, but you don't really hear much about those. I, I hear more zoom than anything, but that's mm -hmm. interesting. So do you think once we are able to move about the world again, that you'll stay with this setup for therapy? Uh, it's up to, up to my clients. We do have the offices. Yeah. Um, this private practice is not mine. It's called the relationship suite. Mm-hmm. And our boss is Rachel, and I adore her to pieces, and she's just amazing. And so we, we're going to go back on site. And some client would want to stay uh, remote, which is fine. So yeah. probably we would just put our feelers out that who wants to come in person, then probably the schedule would be more concentrated and packed on one day, you know? So. Well, and I got to think that it, uh, on two hands, it probably – or. On one hand, it opens it up because a lot of people don't want to come in. They don't want to, you know, to commute or, or be face to face where this, you know, it's just like social media stuff where everybody's got a lot more power behind them when they when they're just posting on social media or whatnot. But if you have to actually be face to face with someone, it's kind of a different environment. So it may I would think it would actually broaden the, the clientele and, and bring in a lot of people that normally wouldn't wouldn't go to counseling or, or therapy luckily we are very busy and we always have been busy uh it it is a pivot yeah right but this is how species survive they pivot they right, <laughs> right. that's what evolution is about so i think that we kind of just do whatever we do under the circumstances and make it work exactly exactly have you found that a lot of uh I mean, obviously, everybody's been affected by the pandemic, but has that really uh, come into the therapy portion of it where people are really having a hard time with it? Oh, uh, for sure. I'm so far removed from everybody sitting here in my studio and, you know, I don't, I'm not out, you know, talking to people every day where you're probably hearing the real bad side of it or, or good side of it. If they, you know, there's been on some good that's come out of it with people able to make businesses happen that normally wouldn't or, or whatever. Huh. That's very interesting. I, I guess, number one, you know, applaud you for the amount of work you're doing. I just, wow. I don't know. What do you just don't sleep? You just <laughs> No, actually, uh, I sleep a lot. <laughs> I'm one of the <laughs> people who need to sleep eight hours or else I'm not a pleasant person. And, you know, <laughs> some days it's not happening, but someday it, it's nine. So wow. I don't know. I think how it does it. I I'm not a nine to fiver. Yeah. So I schedule my client, what uh, fits us both. There are a lot of self tapes as an actor. So they are still not, so I don't need to travel to audition. Right. Um, 
at university. I mean, I teach once a week, so it's not like. Oh, now all know. of a sudden you don't have much going on. It sounds like you, it's, it's a light load now. <laughs> Uh, I always was, it's, it's once a week at the graduate level, you know, usually a class is a certain yep. class is once a week Wow. and I'm teaching, I'm teaching more course, but it's, it's one class I'm teaching. Right. And it's called the field lab work, which kind of integrates the, um, academic knowledge with the applied knowledge, which I really enjoyed. So it's not, I don't know how I'm, it just aligned. I yeah. also believe that. Uh, when we are in that flow zone, things flow, hence well, the name. It's, and you just have just, to. Things happen. It just slowly, it just is the normal. What So if you had to pick of, of all of the uh, commitments you have, what what's your favorite? Like, what do you enjoy the most? Oh, it's such an unfair question. Eh. <laughs> it is an unfair question. I, I don't even know what to say. You know how it is? It's like, you know how you have the burners on your stove? Yeah. And. Sometimes things are on the front burner, then they are on the side, then on the either in the back burner. Um, and you know, I'm lucky because I can always schedule everything. Because as an actor, let's face it, I'm not a star, so it's not like I'm shooting every day, 18 hours, right? Right. right. So if I'm shooting a day, even when I was shooting claws, I was working maybe, you know, three days out of the month, four days out of the month. Okay. So it's very easily rearrangeable those days, even travel days on the plane. Uh, I never had a problem rearranging schedules with my clients and the acting stuff. That's good. That's good. So far. Yeah. And I'm sure that the other, other day I was in, I, I, I was working on the TV show FBI for one episode and I saw 18 clients in two and a half days. Wow. That was a lot. But, you know, we all did it and we all got a lot out of it. So it's possible. Wow. Yeah. That's, wow. Outstanding. I, uh, what, what, what are you working on now? Do you have any projects that you're uh, uh, movie-wise or film-wise? Yes. I can't really talk about it because, you know, these days we sign a lot of NDAs that yeah. go out with the auditions. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just sent in two self-tapes this week for two projects I'm really, really interested in. I booked something. Um, a role in the film that we're shooting in June. So, so that's exciting. So yeah, yeah things, nice. things are uh, going on. How do you, uh, luckily. How, how do you, I do a lot of uh, uh, voiceover work and I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and You have and, the most amazing voice. Oh, I just want to listen to you all the time. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Let me isolate that. We're going to want to save that. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to the good folks at Grady Restoration. If you're in need of some insurance restoration work, not sure if you have any hail damage, storm damage, wind damage, give them a call, 952-472-1570, or look them up on the web at gradyrestoration.com. The season is upon us. Time to start thinking about that outdoor landscape project you've been dreaming of. With everybody being home from the pandemic, you're sitting there looking at your lawn thinking, man, a pool would be nice. Well, wait no more. Maybe it's a fire pit. Maybe you want to enlarge that deck. Maybe you want to add a deck. You never know. Everybody's building houses and doing projects. 
Sometimes it's better to bring in the pros. Sit down with an NRD Landscape Design Professional. They'll walk you through your options, lay it out, and execute. And you'll be sitting pretty by midsummer, baby. Give NRD Landscape Design a call at 952-212-2665 or look them up on the web at nrdlandscape.com. Don't forget to tell them you heard about it on the project. Time to talk a little tech. Something you may not be familiar with, but need to be. ExpressVPN. Did you know that sending unencrypted data is like sending a postcard through the mail? Everyone can see it. ExpressVPN protects you from hackers who try to steal your private information. ExpressVPN also gives you unrestricted access to all parts of the internet. This especially applies to those of us here in Minnesota, where Fox Sports North has decided not to work with anyone so you can't get your favorite games on your TV. ExpressVPN allows you to reroute your connection to a server in a country of your choice, making geo-restrictions a thing of the past. ExpressVPN is offering my listeners three extra months when you sign up for a 12-month package. Go to ExpressVPN forward slash The DK Project and click on the limited time offer for DK Project listeners. Start watching all the program you want and unleashing stuff you didn't even know was out there. Netflix in other countries, Spotify in other countries, prices are different, what they're showing is different. Check it out. ExpressVPN forward slash The DK Project. I, uh, you know, so, so, so auditioning is, is record it, send it in, you know, hope yes. for the best. How, how do you, how do you like that? How do you like that aspect of it? Obviously you're saving the time, not having to run in and do auditions or whatever, but, but how do you yes. like the, you know, judging yourself and not having any, cause I found that when you have in-person auditions that you, you know, at times they'd give you a little direction or a little, you know, you get, you can feel the room. Where now you're just kind of like, yeah, stick it and throw it out there, see what happens. How uh, how has that been for you? Um, I like it more and more. Usually casting is specific. Yeah. Of the direction where they would like to go. And then usually I throw in a white card, which they absolutely didn't ask for. <laughs> like if they ask for perky and emotional, I put in like a robotic uh, you know, Riva, like something <laughs> just as a contrast. And then I also, I ask, I, I, you know, send like three, four takes to my agents and I trust, which is the one or two they want to send to casting. Right. And my other half is so amazing. <laughs> he like shifts his clients and everything so he can read with me. And nice. we have a setup. I usually tape with my cell phone because I have an iPhone 11 and the camera is pretty good. But, you know, we have the backdrops, the lights, the everything, because we're zooming with that anyway, with the lights and the. So um, and one thing I really had to learn about self tapes that I can't overthink it. Like once it's done, when I press send, I stop obsessing about it, just like. You know, when I left that room, when we were in the room, I stopped obsessing about it. So as soon as I press send, it's done. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you got to get to the send button. That's my problem is, is, you know, I'm my worst critic. And then, you know, once I, once I hit send, then it's over. I I don't have to, you know, you can't do anything about it, but getting to that point where you're, uh, 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 you know, I, that's what I find to be (laughs) very challenging for me. Uh, But, you know, it's fun because you, you know, you get to explore is your, is your uh, significant other is, uh, are they in the business? Uh, he's not an actor. He was a stand-up comic. Oh. Uh, but now he is the academic director of Columbia Spirituality Mind Body Institute. So he's a, a psychotherapist and a psychodramatist. And he also um, 
he's the hope guy. He's the hope guy. He just wrote a book called Learned Hopefulness. Oh, really? That is... Um, How... I... Oh, look at that shameless plug. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody sees it. No. So it's kind of like, you know, our secret, but it's really good. How... And... Yeah, so he appreciates, from... you know, the performing and he appreciates the academia. So we think it's a really good fit. How did you guys find <laughs> each other? One of your seven jobs, you both had the same thing. That's crazy. Yes, know? actually, he's across. He's in his office. I'm in my office. Oh. And then we run into each other downstairs. What about the, uh, from a stand-up comic to, to therapy? He was a stand-up comic back when. It, was he, was then, he good? Just between you and I? Yes. Really? Yeah. So why did he quit? It seems like such a fun deal. I think that uh, therapy seemed more fun <laughs> and <Really>? safe. <laughs> but, he, you know, the way he teaches, the way he, he's funny. So he's edutaining, you know. Nice. It's really, when you listen to him, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a piece of entertainment while you're learning. That's so awesome. it's not like a stuffy, you know, I teach you thing. It's, right. it's really a pleasure. It's a. Well, that makes such a big difference when you're, yeah. when you're trying to pick something up or, or in a class or, or however, just, and, and that's with anything, if anybody, you know, if they can, they're dull and boring if, with anything, it's, it's a snoozer. So that's cool. Wow. What a fun deal. You, uh, it sounds like you've got the perfect work environment with, uh, with a, uh, person to break lines down with you, uh, when you're auditioning. So yeah, you've got a absolutely. new one coming up in June. What what else you got cooking? Uh, well, the only thing booked is the June thing, and you know all the clients and the classes at Fordham. And uh, this week we send in two self tapes. Last week we send in three self tapes. So hopefully we're gonna hear something. Because at, at that point, and I don't know how much detail you want to give out or not, but at that they're coming to you, right? Because you've got a distinct voice, and and uh, you know they're looking for someone generally right i mean you're not uh just randomly throwing stuff out there or is that no. what it, is it more generalized no it's not i mean i'm i i i'm very specific yeah. it can be very good and it can be very limiting right. at the same time right. um so how it works is that you know your agent sends in submissions casting picks it up or not and then the agent tells me this is this is what needs to be done. And then I send back a tape and then the agent sends the tape and casting sends it to the production sure. and they either pick me or they don't. Gotcha. So in my category, you know, the good news is that uh, this pool is smaller mm -hmm. than, uh, you know, uh, the all American pool. I, I, I do speak with an accent as you hear, that could be anything like I play Russians, Germans, Hungarian, any European nation or, any non-American. Right. And All right. I, I, I doubt that I'm going to be playing an American ever. Even if I would speak with an American, I heard it that my vibe is not an American. <laughs> so, you know, so you just who bring makes, into this who makes room. makes that but, decision? Your vibe is just not American. And, you know, it's not. I mean, I, I was born in another country. I grew up on another continent for 28 years. So, of course, I'm not. We, we bring in who we are well exactly and and can can you go to you know just straight new york sounding or no for a commercial maybe i could yeah 
like, you know, for a sentence or two, but for a part, I don't think I would. And I'm not really inspired to because they have so many brilliant actors who are American, you know, in my category, in my type. So why, why would they give, you know, so I wouldn't even, um, it was just never something what I, I hoped for. No. And that makes sense. How many, how many uh, different languages do you speak? Fluently? Yeah. Okay, fluently uh, English, Hungarian, German. And then I, I speak a little bit of Russian. When I was a kid, we grew up Soviet occupied. Really? So we had to learn Russian. It was mandatory in school. Um, we had to sing the Soviet anthem before we sang the Hungarian. Really? Uh, so until, yeah, and until eight, 1989, that was the deal when the Iron Curtain fell. Okay. So I kind of have a very good understanding at Russian that serves me now when I played Riva, when I was auditioning for a series like Treadstone and other Russian speaking parts, when I was on the blacklist as a Russian woman, Lena Volkova's mother, uh, um, Katerina Rostova's mother, whose name was Lena. So, so I can, I have a good understanding of the language. I can learn copy, but I couldn't carry a conversation. Sure. Wow, because you came to the United States in what ninety four? Mm-hmm. Late ninety four. Ninety four. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, so have you done any films or shows in Hungarian or German? Like, like played that role in full uh, that language? Uh, sure. When I was living there, sure, sure. I I'm coming from the theater. So I was working in a theater in Hungary. We were doing TV in Hungary, um, in Germany, or in Austria. I lived in Austria for six years okay. in Vienna. I did a lot of musical theater. So that was my home. I'm, I was singing opera. I'm opera trained. In different languages? Uh, well, when you sing opera, it's usually sang in the language it was written. So even if you don't speak the language, you know, depending in which, if it was written in Italian, we sang it in Italian. If it was written in French, we sang it in French. So maybe that's the other thing that, you know, a good understanding of language came from, you know, because even if I couldn't have a conversation in that language, I had a good understanding. Wow. That uh, you're well-traveled. That's, that's awesome. So it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major films like uh like have you done a John Wick level film uh in another language where it's done really well or you know I mean or not but um like I have not picture? done film in Hungary. I have done television. Okay. And I have done tele- I've not done film in Austria. In Austria, maybe I did one episode on a Derek or something like which is like a law and order here sure, in the sure. U.S., which you know most actors get a chance to have a part on it at some point in their career. Yeah, but I mostly did musical theater. Wow! And you and so you play you play violin. I was a, a child profession professional violinist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding resume. That is. Uh... Thank you. It's a. It was a lot of fun. It really taught me professionalism. Yeah. Because at six, seven years old, we really learn to respect the audience. Because if you really think about it, without the audience, we are we don't exist. Sure. Sure. Well, and 
And and that type of an instrument is not like, you know, drums or guitar. That you know, it's it's not as mainstream per se. And and you do have a certain amount of, and I almost want to say etiquette, but almost a certain amount of class that goes with playing that instrument that, you know, you don't find in every instrument. Let's say that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I was a kid, so I quit at fourteen. Mm-hmm. So I I peaked at thirteen. <laughs> But yeah, short-lived but fun. It was more about, you know, really learning, as you said, the etiquette and the attitude and the love of the stage, the love of performing, the love of music, how to work in a team, how to really be professional and know your stuff. Yeah. When you go in and do something and respect your team, your crew, your cast, your audience. So I think I really learned it at like age seven. There's just not enough of that out there anymore. No one's learning that type of skill or, 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 you know, to have that respect. That's, that's very interesting that, and, and probably you've built on that ever since I would imagine. Do you, do you have a violin laying around the house? I have two, but I don't play them. It was a little comeback when the Broadway show Cabaret was auditioning. Okay. I was out on the road with uh, the Wizard of Oz. And it's so funny we talk about it. Yesterday, we had a Zoom reunion for that Wizard of Oz cast. Oh, really? And it was just, it was, Jesus, over 20 years ago. We had Mickey Rooney as the wizard. We had Eartha Kitt as the Wicked Witch. Before Eartha, we had Roseanne as the Wicked Witch. Really? It was amazing. So it was lovely to see those people yesterday on Zoom. Um, So... Cabaret was opening. I was still out on the road with Oz. And when we got back, I auditioned for the replacement auditions. And I was on the A-list because that was funny. Like you had to play an instrument on a professional level. You had to speak German. You had to, (laughs) you know, sing. You had to dance. You had to, it was like, we did everything but taming lions and juggling oranges at that uh, that audition. It was fun. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so I was on the A-list for that. Nobody left the show, so I never got a chance to go in. Ah. Uh, but that was the last time I played the violin. You can't keep up with everything. So well, it sounds like you just, are. No. <laughs> you, you let uh, one thing slide. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. But I do have two violins and uh, I look at them <laughs> once in a while, but that's it. They, uh, that, that, that's the, that's the one thing that proves that you're human, that you let the violin slide. You've kept everything else going, which is, which is remarkable. And you, um, so that traveling with the, with the, with the Wizard of Oz, that was a theatrical production? Yes, it was a Madison Square Garden production. So we were on the road for about two years and it was, um, we traveled with 17 trucks. Oh, and the cast was flying and we set like at least a month, four to six weeks in every city. And the production was so big that we, we fit into like the garden, uh, Roseland, uh, what was hummingbird, which was the hummingbird in Toronto. Wow. So we were, the sets were so big that yeah. we needed a, a big venue to fit in. Wow. That's like, uh, as large a scale theatrical you can do, right? I mean, yeah, it was it was really, really fun. And then every May we came back to the garden and we did six, six weeks in the garden. Wow. Yeah, it was lovely. It was how, really nice. How I, did you uh, which 
which appeals to you more the acting for the camera or for this for the audience are you uh, a lot it's of people another one of those unfair bug. questions what's that <laughs> it's another one of those unfair questions <laughs> it's different yeah it's different i mean you can't compete with the intimacy of the camera and the the opportunity to do it again and do it differently right and and then watch it from another standpoint and you know have that tribe there to so specific to that moment and you can't compete with that feeling that 5200 people sing that song with you wow uh, at the end of the show like you you just can't compare those for no. me you know yeah you right. i i love both wow are, are, have you done any theatrical stuff lately um yes i have done some so-called straight theater. I was playing the lead in one of the productions of the music lesson, which was very close to me. I played uh, Irena, who is this um, refugee from the then Yugoslavia. So it's a show written in 96. We did it in Stanford. I did some shows in uh, New York City, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway. That is more challenging to fit into my schedule than on-camera work. Right oh, now. I suppose. I suppose that, yeah. that would that would make sense. I, I do you, with the with the list of things that you've done. Uh, you know, is is it a lot like when you do an audition and you leave the room and you just close it out? Like when you were done with Riva, you just done. I, I mean, how do you not commingle your characters because they're all somewhat similar? You know, I, 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 you know, like we say, you generally play a villain or or, or the you know. So, so, so do you just close that out and I don't ever think about that again? Like how, how do you go from doing that for whatever, two seasons, three seasons, and then all of a sudden you just shut it down. I, I won't be that character again. Um, no, I love her. I never shut it down. But I, how do you not mix your characters up is what I'm getting at. Like, well, we all do think about yourself. How many roles do you play in your life? Yeah. Do you mix true. them up? Are they informing each other? Yeah, probably. You know, if there is a new role coming in, like when you started to do your podcast, that was a new role. For sure. How did you put that? How did you design that role? How did you, you know, so it's all of us when we decide to do a new role. When I first started teaching, when I first became a therapist, it's all new roles. Right, right. And we, and all these roles are informed by other roles we play. So I don't think it's different for an actor. I mean, we all like take bits and pieces of our characters intuitively and consciously. Right. I, I use Riva all the time. Even, you know, what I told you that, you know, let's make her bubbly and, and uh, you know, like dramatic and soapy. And then my other half says, well, not just do a Riva. <laughs> right. Which is like the flip side of it. So we totally <laughs> re- refer to those. <laughs> do a Riva. Oh, that was very Riva. I love, I love that character. And, yeah. uh, I think about her all the time and I think about our tribe, our Claus family all the time. Because yeah. that's a very, very special journey for me. Well, that's interesting. And, and and then you were just saying that after 20 years, you got back together with the Wizard of Oz people. I imagine all these people being tech friendly with Zoom and, and these, that's more likely to happen. Because if you had to get all 20 or however many people from 20 years ago into a cafe or a, or a bar, you know, it's very hard to do. Oh yeah. But to get them all together on zoom. That's, that's nothing. You know, that's it was great. 
So it was 44 people in the cast. Wow. And, you know, Eartha is not with us anymore. Mickey is not with us anymore. Many people are not with us anymore. But I would say we had 20 people on that call yesterday. Wow. And we have a Facebook book, Facebook page, the, you know, a private page for, for the cast yeah. and the crew. So it was just posted there and whoever wanted to hop on, you know, it was wow. really How kind fun. of like spontaneous, but it was amazing. Yeah. Wow. How fun. That's, uh, that's very interesting. You, you had said that Roseanne filled in on that, like Roseanne, Roseanne. Uh, yeah. Roseanne, Roseanne was the first Wicked Witch before Eartha came on. Okay. Okay. So Roseanne did it in the garden the first time around. And then what happened, the sets were so big uh, they couldn't travel them. So they needed a year to re rethink the sets so they sure. could get into a truck and travel. Oh, gotcha. Cause you know, it was huge. Like our production was exactly like the movie. It even started in black and white on stage. Imagine oh, that. oh, nice. It was amazing. It was like a extravaganza. So houses were flying, witches were flying, monkeys were flying. So imagine those four tracks and those, technical things that needed to travel. Sure. Sure. Wow. And back then that's pretty amazing that they were able to do all that, you know, I mean, Oh my God. Yeah. Imagine what they could do yeah. now with technology. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. Wow. How fun. I, that I'm just uh, amazed that uh, you, you've got, you've got quite a list of accomplishments. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little you. jealous that you're able to do all of these things and, and keep it all uh, juggling up in the air. But I, 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 so we've got one project coming out and then um, you do commercials or any of that kind of stuff? Well, again, commercials, I do a lot of print, commercial print. Um, commercials are kind of like, you know, uh, I feel that they really look at my accent as something they don't want, even if it doesn't speak. Sure. You know, so that's one arena that I, I was never very successful at. Commercial print, yes. Like I'm very fortunate to have really big campaigns running still. Pharmaceutical and, you know, a beautiful jewelry campaign with Effie last year. Okay. It's really nice. Uh, but the commercial world, uh, I think, prefers more like standard American actors well, and I saw a, a uh, commercial online or a video. It was like a like a cosmetic thing or something. Uh, oh yeah. MF3. Yeah. I, this is my ninth year with them. What is it? What is it called? M MF3. MF3. That was the only thing that wasn't really jumping out at me in the, in the ad was, it was just down in the corner there, but you mm -hmm. didn't have a, like any speaking parts. You were dancing around and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, it, it goes with identity. So I'm, I'm one of their uh, spokes. It, it's a, it's an international company. So, Maybe that's why, you wow. know, that it's not an American company. Very cool. I'm with them for nine years. So this, this is my third year, third, three year contract with them. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And when you say that then for, it's obviously for a, a cosmetic company, how, how much, how much is there to do for that? Like, are you doing every three months you do a, another commercial or what, you know what I mean? Like what, so what is the workload like for that? Whatever they need me. Yeah. You're just yeah. on call all the time as, as the girl, as the gal. One of them. Yeah. I mean, they have a few, probably sure. different types. So sure. Wow. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Well, listen, Andrea, we can't thank you enough for all the time. You are out there everywhere. Twitter, all the social media, I would imagine. Correct. I'm not on Twitter. No, uh, but 
No, I'm I'm not on Twitter. I like the more visual media, so I am on Instagram. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, sure. You know, LinkedIn is more for the academic part of me. Right. Right. That makes and sense. Instagram, I just enjoy it. I like visual things. I I like this short spurt. I can check in with everybody, you know, how they're doing. You know, I I am on Instagram. Perfect. So I think those two are my two those main. Your main ones. Well, that's great. Well, mm-hmm. if people want to look you up, they certainly can. And then we'll we'll be patiently awaiting to see what comes out uh what probably next year if you're gonna work on it in June. Um, to see what's next. And people should go out there and check out Claws. Uh, the series, it looks pretty exciting. Um, oh, it was so fun. And yeah, all yeah. of the, of, of all of the IMDB list is too lengthy to go over it all, but we will uh, look forward to talking to you in the future and, uh, stay healthy, stay out of, stay out of, uh, the pandemic's way and, uh, we'll get back to normal soon. So thank, thank you so you. much, Andrea Such. Look her up <laughs> My online. pleasure. Thank, thank you. you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye now. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, thedkprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.